0: The coronation of King Charles III and Queen Camilla on May 6th is an epic worldwide event. But what's really going on behind the scenes? VT's insider in the UK, former barrister Michael Shrimpton, spills the beans, including breaking news of a possible royal divorce. Right here, right now, on VT
1: Radio. Let's go. With host, Johnny Punish.
0: And we're back on VT Radio with former barrister, Michael Shrimpton, straight from the UK. Michael, uh, how are you doing today,
1: sir? I'm doing fine. Greetings uh, to uh, all our listeners.
0: Yes, fabulous to have you on for the first time on VT Radio. So excited to talk to you, especially because uh, in a few days here on May 6th, we're going to have the coronation of King Charles, and that's a huge event, not only in your country but around the world. So let's get right to it. Uh Talk to me about uh, the coronation of the king.
1: Yes, well, we're all looking forward to it, apart from a few Republican nutters, of course. But there, are, there are always nutters. You can't, you can't account for those. Uh It, it is going to be a huge event. The as I. Have explained in my latest column, which will be going up after the broadcast. <laughs> I was racing to finish it before the broadcast uh, the The trouble with my columns is they get delayed by uh, the day job uh, its um, it, it can be very frustrating, but clients have to come first uh, the uh, the cabinet office have been running interference on the coronation uh, it 's not going to be as grand an affair as the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II, sadly, uh, there aren't even going to be any elephants. There are really to be elephants in a coronation. <laughs> no recession. elephants. No elephants, I'm afraid. No, it's very sad. It's sure. uh, it's a bit of a cut-price coronation, uh, The an austerity coronation, if you like. Uh, anyone would think we're still in the European Union and the economy was held back by EU membership. the uh, the, the trouble is that we still haven't fired the Cabinet Secretary, Simon Case, and the cabinet office is still running interference on uh, the government and the palace. Uh, I believe it's the cabinet office who are insisting that peers should not be in their coronation ropes. Now, I should explain for your, uh, uh, our listeners, as I'm obviously very proud to be part of the VT family and have been uh, for over a decade now, I should explain that peers have two sets of robes. Uh, there are the robes that they wear to the state opening of Parliament, uh, but they also have a separate set of robes for coronations. And these are very expensive, and they tend to be handed down from uh, father to son, and or uncle to nephew, it depends on who's inheriting, but uh, they are handed down from one generation to the next. And usually kept in the the tins in which they are originally delivered. And uh, Eden Ravenscroft, who I've used for my barrister's wig, and you know, I've used Eden Ravenscroft as suppliers of robes in the past. Uh, they your barrister's wig tends to come into it, it normally comes in a tin with your name on the box, and the robes come in a rather grander rather grander version of the the tin for the barrister's wig. And the, the government have said no, or the, 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 yeah, the government have said no, no coronation robes. That's causing huge upset, uh, Johnny, with the peers. And indeed there aren't that, going to be that many peers. Uh, really, they all ought to be invited. Every peer ought to be uh, invited to the coronation. They're only going to be uh, not much more than a handful, which is disappointing. So that's one sign of cabinet office interfering. No elephants is another right. uh, Another side. When you say no, peer,
0: describe peer for me. Define it for me.
1: A peer of the realm is a lord. So a peer of the realm is a lord of parliament. Uh, they come in two basic types. Well, obviously, obviously like <laughs> thin ones and fat ones. Uh, they, <laughs> come in, <laughs> they come in two basic types. You've got your life peer. Now, your life peer is only a peer. As the name implies, for life, they were an unhappy and not very successful innovation introduced in the nineteen sixties. Uh, no, I think the late nineteen fifties. Actually, the uh, the problem with life peers, of course, is that they tend to be mostly political appointees. And uh, if you're appointing someone for life, you 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 know who you're appointing. If you uh, create an hereditary peerage or a hered- then you 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 may control or influence the first appointee, but you won't necessarily control uh, his or her descendants, Uh, and you end up with very independently-minded peers. So the life peers are one category. The other peers are hereditary peers. Uh, There's a a third category of law lords who uh, remain in the House of Lords uh, for the uh, a, a point who are made peers because of their judicial office, but there aren't very many of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second category are the hereditary peers, and these are proper peers, if I may use that description. These are peers who uh, have inherited the title from their uh, father or uncle or whatever uh, and uh, will pass the title on to their heirs and successors. And some of the peerages are absolutely ancient. Some of them go way, way back to the early Middle Ages. Uh, I've known peers, for example, Andrew Devonshire of the Duke of Devonshire, uh, who's a charming man, lovely man. He was my client because I was advising the hereditary peers mm-hmm. on House of Lords reform in 1998, or so-called reform. It was Tony Blair's disastrous move to exclude most of the hereditary peers from parliament and he was now Andrew was the 10th Duke I think for memory uh, so there have been nine generations of Dukes of Devonshire before him and the, the, the Dukedom of Devonshire was not the oldest peerage by any means. I, I remember years ago when I was an immigration judge sitting with that lovely lady the Countess of Mar, She was a Scottish peeress, and like a number of Scots peerages, the descent went through the female line as well as the male line. You can have descent through the female line in England, but it's rare. Uh, In Scotland, uh, it's quite standard, and the Countess of Mar was a peeress in her own right. Absolutely lovely lady. Mm -hmm. And like so many of the uh, uh, proper aristocrats, so many of the hereditary peers, uh, and peeresses. She had her own mind. She was fiercely independent. You wouldn't dream of trying to lean on her. I, I didn't. Right, <laughs> the, right. The Home Office wouldn't have dreamt of trying to lean on her either. She'd have uh, had them round for contempt of court in five minutes. Um, uh, she was wonderful. Uh, sadly, no longer with us, but of course the peerage has, uh, has been passed on. Um, there are various ranks of peer. The lowest is Baron. Then you go up to Viscount, uh, and then earl uh, uh, and then marquess uh, and then uh, duke and some of the dukes are members of the royal family they are royal dukes in the old days johnny there used to be a rule that a duke had precedence over all other peers so that if a duke wanted to speak everybody had to they, people would say shout they'd shout out duke duke and <laughs> everybody would have gotcha. to shut up so, so why aren't the they being speak. invited uh to
0: the coronation or the most of them are not being invited
1: what's up with well well It's politics. It's the cabinet office trying to downgrade the coronation, upset the king and queen, upset the country. mean it's just typical cabinet office wrecking – a a typical cabinet office wrecking maneuver. We really need to sort the cabinet office out.
0: Uh, What's the the purpose of this? I mean, are are they – now, you're a monarchist. Is that correct? I'm a monarchist,
1: absolutely. Yes, certainly. Yes. Okay. But Uh, these people are not monarchists? Do they want the destruction? Yes, they're Republican scumbags, no offence intended. Uh, And, of course, they're very pro-German. The Cabinet Office was set up by German intelligence in 1916. It is the key to German influence in Whitehall. Uh, And ever since the Cabinet Office was set up, we've had Cabinet Secretaries uh, uh, running interference on uh, British government, arranging for British ships to be sunk in war, arranging for... uh, you name it right throughout the whole of World War II, we were fighting now, now, the Forgive
0: me this was back uh, when King George V is that
1: did i get that right uh, King George yeah correct uh, the king uh, king George V the king emperor technically the emperor and uh, not just technically he was the emperor of India as well as king of England Was he so not he, the German uh uh um, Sax uh um, Sachs- Gulf- well, now that's, th- th- that right? em- <laughs> well, Saxe-Coburg-Gotha right. was the f- original name of Queen, Victor- th- th- the name Saxe-Coburg-Gotha comes from Prince Albert, who was right. uh, the con- prince consort to Queen Victoria, Gotcha, and therefore that became the House of Hanover, uh, as it had been previously, became the House of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha, uh, the trouble was that that had well, it was obviously German in origins. It sounded German, it looked German, and King George V, who was very British and patriotic, intensely patriotic, great man, George V, changed the name of the royal household in 1917 to Windsor, and it's still the House of Windsor. Right. Although now, was that
0: was that because it was there a plane crash or was there a German attack? Uh, in, in England or London with the name of the of the
1: sax on, on on the plane or something like that? Is that how that worked? Do you remember that? Uh, well, there was a plane. The Germans arranged to assassinate the Duke of Kent in 1942. That was a plane crash in Scotland. Okay. Uh, the Duke of Kent had a, a very important role in intelligence. It uh, uh, was also a very senior Freemason. Right. And the, the Germans wanted him out of the way, so he was assassinated in uh, 1942. Uh, that's That was uh, when King George VI was on the throne. Uh, King George V led us to victory in World War One. King George VI, his son, uh, led us to victory in uh, World War Two. Right, and of course, what I'm trying to
0: get at is is trying to get at is why was the German office set up for the cabinet office? Yeah, yeah. Ah, so how did this well, happen? The, I mean, is it, was
1: it the connection from the Germans to the to the House of uh, Sachs or, no, or not? No, it wasn't. Uh, German. Into the, the connection was, wasn't with the royal family. It was with the government. Uh, the prime minister of the day, uh, Asquith, was a German spy. He was gay and was being supplied with rent boys. In fact, there was a famous case where a, a, a German agent uh, who happened to be a homeopathic doctor – had Mm -hmm. fallen for one of Asquith's rent boys. In fact, his favorite rent boy, who was being housed with the homeopathic doctor who was um, uh, providing a safe house. He was a German asset. He was providing a safe house for another German asset. Uh, He made advances towards the rent boy and uh, he was a homeopathic doctor. He had access to medicines. Uh, he, He poisoned the, or administered a sex drug um, to the rent boy uh, who appears to have tried to escape his advances and ended up falling down the stairs. Now, he not been thrown down the stairs. I suspect he wasn't. Uh, there was a struggle and the rent boy sadly died. The homeopathic doctor then uh, buries the rent boy in the basement. Uh, his wife, who's also a German agent, flees in panic, thinking, oh, my God, we just knocked off a major German asset, the prime minister's favorite rent boy. Let's get out of town. Uh, and they were arrested on the orders of the, the homeopathic doctor and his mistress, a lady named Ethel the um uh, were arrested in New York where they'd fled um, on instructions from Scotland Yard. Uh, of course, y- your viewers will have guessed who the homeopathic doctor was. It was Dr. Crippen. Hmm. And... <clears throat> Uh, the, because of the Crippen case, which required a bent director of public prosecutions, if that's not a tautology with respect, a bent director of public prosecutions had prosecuted Crippen in the full knowledge that Crippen's wife was still alive. He was prosecuted for murdering his wife, in fact, still wow. alive in living in the United States. Uh, the, the body, of course, was a male body. It was a rent boy. It was a, It was a man, not a woman, young man, not a woman. Uh, the pathologist, many years later, committed suicide because he'd contributed to the death of a man who was innocent of that crime. He, he was, I think, guilty of manslaughter, not murder, of the rent boy. Mm-hmm. It's, incidentally, that opinion is shared by the, England's most famous ever barrister, Sir Edward Marshall Hall KC, who was offered the brief uh, to defend Doctor Crippen and thought that he was guilty of manslaughter. The brief was withdrawn, uh, or I put it this way, the brief was never accepted. And uh, it, it's interesting that Marshall Hall thought that the crime was manslaughter. Uh, and I suspect Marshall Hall, who was very well informed, knew that it was manslaughter of a man, not a woman. And I think if Marshall Hall had been defending Crippen, uh, Crippen would have got off. But of course, the government didn't want Crippen to be uh, acquitted, he was a patsy. They didn't want the truth to come out; that would have endangered German control over Number Ten Downing Street. So incredible, with, incredible, yeah, exactly. With Atlee as with Atlee compromised, and with another German asset, uh, Lloyd George, who was on the German payroll and been supplied with mistresses. Uh, Atlee was gay. Lloyd George was heterosexual. Uh, Lloyd George was also greedy, and uh, it was actually quite an expensive asset. Uh, Uh, I think, German intelligence. The German Secret Service probably complained internally. I can imagine notes going from the accountants and the auditors to the boss of the German Secret Service uh, saying, are we getting value for money from Lloyd George? Uh, Lloyd George was a German asset. So with German assets in control in Downing Street, uh, it wasn't difficult for the Germans to gain control of the British bureaucracy. The thinking, which was logical, was to concentrate as much power as possible in Whitehall in the hands of a single official, the cabinet secretary, uh, uh, and then to make sure that the cabinet secretary was a German agent. And the idea, which worked in practice, was that as the cabinet secretary approached retirement, uh, he would have brought along protégés, and he would nominate one of his protégés, also a German spy, uh, to take over. And that's what happened with uh, the first cabinet secretary, who was a paedophile, um, a very unpleasant man uh, indeed, uh, called Morris Hankey. Hanke uh, arranged for another German spy, Edward Bridges, uh, to take over from him. So that's, that's the origins of the cabinet office, and we, we've never managed to break up the cabinet office or uh, clip the wings of uh, successive cabinet secretaries. Right. So and today, we in 2023,
0: that, yeah. as we approach the coronation, you're yep. saying we still have a direct involvement in this in this royal family situation. Is that correct? Am I
1: reading that correct? Co- 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 correct. The cabinet office control the royal family's budget. Therefore, they are able to put pressure on the royal family. Now, the way around that is to, A, have the king firmly in charge of his own appointments so that his household is appointed by him, not the cabinet secretary. Mm. Uh, which th- that process is already underway, I'm glad to say. Uh, the king has a reliable private secretary, which is good. George V didn't. Uh, George V's cabinet secretary, Lord Stamfordham, sacrificed sacrificed Tsar Nicholas uh, and the Russian royal family in 1918 uh, in the name of George V, but without actually telling the king what he was up to, because he was a German spy. He was reporting to Morris Um uh, and uh, he, he, the Germans who were responsible for the assassination of the Russian imperial family, uh, wanted the family out of the way. Uh, so that's one. That's one process which is already underway. But the Cabinet Office, with the Treasury, and the practice, of the Treasury worked closely with the Cabinet Office. Uh, the Treasury and the Cabinet Office, between them, control the Buckingham Palace budget. Normally, it's the government, but. The cabinet secretary has so much blackmail material on members of the government that, in practice, it's the cabinet office uh, consulting with the treasury, who determine which determines the uh, uh, the annual budget or the annual stipend for the royal family. The, the the cabinet office and the treasury then lie to the country and say that the royal family are being subsidised. Well, uh, Johnny, that's absolute nonsense. Uh, the king has the king. Owns large tracts of land, much of which happens to be in central London. Mm-hmm. Uh, that generates income called the Crown Estate income. And if the king were to be granted, if the king were to have the Crown Estate restored to him, it was given up by George the uh, Third in the eighteenth century. If the king would have the Crown Estate restored to him, then there'd be no need for uh, government so-called subsidy there'd be no need for government funding at all and all the jibes about how much is the coronation costing the taxpayer all that would would fall away Uh, at the same time if the king is to get access to his own funding the the crown estate uh it, it that would go along with a transfer of ownership of the royal palaces to the king the king doesn't own buckingham palace uh the king ought to be allowed to ought to own all of the all of the royal palaces, and then would maintain them out of the crown estate, which brings in a massive income. It's nearly two hundred. It's it, 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 it's over one hundred and fifty million pound a year, which would be right. enough to maintain the palaces. And the king, of course, as a great asset, uh, would ensure sympathetic restoration of the royal palaces.
0: Now, question for you: It's two thousand twenty-three in the British. UK what is the feeling of the royal family by the citizens are they w- more for the royal family because queen elizabeth uh well everybody alive today only knows queen elizabeth they didn't know anybody else that's true are are they for king charles or and for the continuation of the royal family T- tell me more about the british public uh
1: th- they're definitely for king charles he he has played a blinder since he ascended to the throne uh, And he's becoming more popular. Now, as Prince Charles, there were times when he wasn't terribly popular, partly because of the public misunderstanding of the murder of Princess Diana, which was absolutely nothing to do with Prince Charles or Prince Philip or the Queen. Uh, She was murdered by German intelligence, by the French, the German Black Agency in Paris, with assets from the German Black Intelligence Organization, GO2 in London, the Current director of GO2 was present in Paris on the night of Diana's murder and helped coordinate the murder. Uh, The Mossad, by the way, very well informed on the murder of Diana because they had assets, uh, they had an asset at the end, I think, an asset at each end of the Alma Tunnel. So there's no doubt that Prince Charles at times was. Unpopular as Prince of Wales, that all of that changed as it was always going to, Johnny. Once the Queen had died, uh, and uh, I may say the King's grief w- was very evident and very moving. Once the Queen had died and he was then King, uh, our loyalties transferred uh, automatically to the new King. So as King, he is entitled to our demand that our loyalty. We are subjects, uh, but also the public feelings towards him underwent, I, I think, a very noticeable change. As Prince of Wales, he had been getting more popular uh, as the years went by. Uh, Princess, uh, the, uh, the, the the Duchess of Cornwall, now the Queen, was, you know, it, it widely accepted. Uh, she's a lovely lady, with respect and. Uh, 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 You know, the public gradually became came to like her, uh, respect her, and accept her. Mm -hmm. And it's not there's been no real groundswell against uh, 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 having the Duchess of Cornwall as queen. Indeed, Queen Elizabeth II had okayed it, and that was that. That was that was right. That was it.
0: Because I've (laughs) always heard before uh, the Queen passed, there was a feeling like when she passed. There's a lot of talk about
1: not having a royal family in the oh, UK. Oh yes, that, that that was that was pure talk. Um, the media, uh, a, a large section of the media, is Republican, and there's a there's a strand of Republican opinion. Uh, but to show you how desperate these idiots are, uh, they were <clears throat> uh, the police have uncovered a plot to kill troopers. That's to say, kill members of the Household Cavalry by throwing panic alarms, uh, rape alarms. At the feet of the horses, obviously, with a view to causing the horses to rear up and dump their riders. And if you're if you're a household cavalryman and you're in full armor, um, right. there's a very good chance of you breaking your neck if you're thrown from your horse. Um, being thrown from horse with full armor is uh, is no joke. Now, so these idiots are planning, effectively planning to murder members of the household cavalry. Uh, that that's I mean that just shows how evil they are and how desperate they are uh, a pu- republican opinion in the england and in the whole of the united kingdom is very much a minority opinion very much a minority uh, mm-hmm. the public uh, are broadly supportive of the monarchy uh left-wing commentators will tell you ah but the young people young people are not as keen on the royal family as older Generation. That's true, Johnny. But of course, what that ignores is that the young people of today become the older generation of tomorrow. I was young once, a long right. time ago, but I was young right. once. Uh, <laughs> I've always been strongly uh, sympathetic to, uh, strongly loyal to the royal family. But uh, certainly not all, or not, you know, when I was young, not all young people were uh, uh, as enthusiastic about the royal family as I was. But uh, as young people grow older, they come to respect the institution more and more and they tend to value stability. So young people, part of the fabric of the UK, it's the, it's, it's in the, part, fabric. well, it's part of the fabric of the UK. They bring in on a practical level, they bring in enormous amounts of money that the, whatever the coronation is going to cost. And it's, it's a very cheap coronation and it's less than 50 million pounds. I mean, right. it, it, you know, it's extraordinarily cheap. Um, uh, the government can blow 50 million pounds in a morning uh, without <laughs> trying terribly hard. I mean, the British government is not very efficient. Uh, the And the civil service tend to, to control policies. So the civil service could waste 50 million pounds without even thinking about it. Um, the cabinet secretary would think it a very poor day indeed if the civil service had only wasted 50 million pounds in any particular week. Um so the, the, the coronation is basically costing peanuts and against that, as in 1953, there's going to be a huge boost in tourist revenue so that the economy of the country is actually going to be lifted by the coronation. Uh, I mean, thousands of people will be coming to England from all over the world. Lots of people will be traveling to London. Hundreds of thousands of people will be traveling to London. Hotels will be booked solid. Uh, the, the tax brought in, just, just the direct taxes VAT, income tax, corporation tax, would probably pay for the coronation on their own, but uh, of course there's the general increase, there's the the boost to GDP, so you have to set the cost of the coronation against the boost to GDP, and the same applies to the royal family generally. Uh, Without a royal family, uh, Britain would be a much less attractive place to visit, we'd be a much less attractive society, we'd be much less stable, uh, much less interesting, and you know, the royal family are responsible for a percentage, all right, perhaps not a huge percentage, but certainly a percentage of the tourist revenues. They come, I mean, you've only got to look at the tourists uh, outside Buckingham Palace. Tourists come to admire the royal family, the royal palaces. Um, Absolutely. It's part, it's part, I was part there. It, it's what my, makes Britain I took my great. wife and she loved Windsor Castle. Absolutely, of course. It's what makes Britain great. I mean, I've been outside Buckingham Palace on great occasions like the I remember the 50th anniversary of the Battle of Britain. My father was RAF. I was in the University Air Squadron. Uh, I, I certainly didn't want to miss that. And and I still remember that almost like it was yesterday. And I was in the crowd watching the Queen and Prince Philip and the Royal Family on the balcony. It was a hugely moving moment. And I remember the, the Royal Standard, huge, huge standard, like a battle ensign flying over the palace. It, it was a very moving moment. And you could sense and feel the excitement of the crowd and that's going to be multiplied many times on saturday week uh, the, the crowds lining the streets are going to be uh, really excited uh, and i think they will remember the event for their lifetimes it is going to be a great event and at the heart of the event is the anointing of the king now because you're you're right johnny uh, most people alive do not remember George the Sixth, although he is remembered in this country with enormous affection. Uh, the king's speech, uh, right. I think, portrayed him very well, actually, um, mm-hmm. as uh, a sensitive man, a kind man, a gentle man, um, uh, somewhat shy, but very dutiful, uh, very patriotic, and, and, uh, and it turned out a great war leader. Mm-hmm. And, well, he led us to victory. Did a lot better than Adolf Hitler did in Germany. <laughs> a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, he did better. Absolutely. Yeah, he, 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 we won. We won World War Two by two goals <laughs> to one. Yes. Like uh, like the nineteen sixty six World Cup. <laughs> uh, uh, it was an even bigger win in World War Two than the World Cup. And that goal went in, by the way. Incidentally, if anybody, anybody asks about that, it was definitely a clean goal. Though the one, the Russian <laughs> linesman, the run, the Russian linesman said was in, was definitely in. Um, that was that was the, that wasn't the Russians getting the Germans back for Stalingrad, which they won anyway. <laughs> uh, but the 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 heart of the ceremony will be the anointing, and that is going to be a very moving moment, because. People, particularly young people, uh, and those who do not remember George VI and the coronation of Elizabeth II, will grasp, I think, in a very real way, the constitutional duties that the monarch has, the constitutional importance of the monarch, and the importance of the sacred duties which the monarch uh, assumes. Um, once Charles is anointed, uh, he, he well, he becomes then by definition the anointed king, and we all, all owe him, as we do now, a, a duty of loyalty. But once you're anointed, uh, that just sets the seal on your kingship. And uh, I think that's going to affect people, uh, and I, I think a lot of people will be surprised how much It affects them. It is going to be a very moving moment. Here is our king dedicating himself to upholding our laws, our customs, and to the protection of our country. And that's the meaning of kingship. It's a two-way thing. A king has great privileges and great wealth and lives in royal palaces. So uh, physically, Prince Charles, uh, as Prince of Wales and as King Charles III, want will want for nothing. He didn't want for anything when he was Prince of Wales. But uh, th- th- there's another side to it. Um, it's not all about privilege and wealth. It's also about duty uh, and sacrifice and risk. Prince Philip was assassinated, as I've explained in my column. Uh, George VI, we now know, was assassinated in both cases by German intelligence using the same, the, the same Ultimate method, uh, cancer. Although the, the the trigger for the cancer was a radio uh, a radioactive substance um, placed beneath the king's bed in the case of George the Six under his lungs, where his lungs would be. Uh, I, I, I've already pointed out that the the, the cabinet office control uh, have in the past controlled senior appointments, and uh, we know that uh, Lascelles, who was the king's private secretary, was a German spy reporting to uh the cabinet secretary who was also a german spy so we know the palace still is penetrated there are still we still have problems at the palace and we're in the process of sorting them out uh and yes i have been one of those consulted over who is loyal and who isn't Mm -hmm. Uh, and i used to report to prince philip Uh, uh, there were several matters on which i prepared briefings for his royal highness who was a wonderful man very 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 intelligent uh and uh also a huge sense of humor uh, uh, uh he wasn't my boss officially because there was nothing official about it like a lot of intelligence work it was done uh <clears throat> sub rosa but in practice he was my boss mm-hmm. uh even if he wasn't officially uh i didn't there was no contract of employment good heavens no there were no paperwork <laughs> <laughs> right. I just happened to have his direct dial number at the palace and the mobile number for Brigadier Sir Miles Hunt Davies' private secretary. And you may assume, Johnny, that Buckingham Palace does not give out the mobile phone numbers of the private secretary to the Prince Consort. <laughs> right. <Of course laughs> With not. the cornflakes, Yes, you only got right. those numbers if you, uh, you got those numbers for a reason. Mm-hmm.
0: So l- let, me, let me get you th- on, on the record here. So we're going to have a coronation on May 6th. Correct. Uh, the Commonwealth peoples around the world are going to be loving it. They're going to be supporting it. Oh, yes. It. Yeah. And um, it's going to be an, an awesome event. So I'm looking forward yes. to the coronation of the king. Um, I look forward to seeing it on TV here. I'm in Mexico, so we watch from Mexico. So we'll be watching it on TV like everybody else.
1: And, oh, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize you were south of the border. Oh yeah, I'm I'm in
0: Mexico. I've been in Mexico for 25 years.
1: Oh, I did. I didn't realize. I thought you were in California for some reason. I, no, I, no, no, no.
0: I, I'm I'm a I'm a U.S. citizen, but I live in Mexico. My wife is yeah. Mexican, so ah, I happen to are you live on
1: the West Mexico. Coast? Are you on the West Coast of Mexico?
0: I am. I am on the West Coast. I'm south of uh, San Diego, about two hours. Well, in Baja California. That is correct. Ah, right that's where, where um, I, I think it's Meghan Markle's father lives. He lives uh, down oh. the street. Yeah, for oh. me. <laughs> oh.
1: Well, he's a, he's actually quite a nice man. I uh, I've never
0: quite met him personally, account. but uh I've heard <laughs> I don't know well, anything really about I, him.
1: Well, I think if you meet him, uh give him my best wishes. Um we've never met, but I I I hear good things about Mr. Markle and Mr. Markle has been I think somewhat disappointed in his daughter's behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh and with justification it has to be said I was initially a big fan of the Duchess of Cambridge, but um, uh, she has been something of a disappointment, no offense intended. Mm-hmm. Um, I think well, I'm definitely disappointed she's not attending the uh, coronation. Mister, yeah, Mr. Markle comes across as a very sympathetic character. Uh, so does Dora Ragland. The Queen got on very well with Meghan's mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the idea that it was, there was a racist reaction to Meghan is just absurd. I mean, apart from anything else, uh, Dora Ragland is, also, is black. Right. And uh, she was treated she was given the royal treatment um I, I i don't think you will hear her say a word against the queen uh the queen i gather the queen and dora got on not just well but but very well right and uh rightly because she was the mother of uh, uh the wife of the uh of the the second in line to the throne at that stage um she was what well, third in line to the throne at that stage um uh, Prince George had already been born, of course. Uh, she was uh, a, 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 a given very deferential treatment, uh, and and rightly so. But she is, by all accounts, a very nice lady. Yeah. And now, my understanding is
0: uh, Megan will not be attending the coronation. Is that no, Megan
1: is not. No, the Duke of Sussex is coming. Uh, Megan okay. is not. Um, there are whispers of a divorce. Oh, no, really? Ah, ah. Yes, well, I, I, I you know I I hear whispers. Now right. I can't. I'm not saying that that is confirmed. It's obviously does it not confirmed. Right. There's been no announcement. Um, I hear whispers that there are lawyers talking. <clears throat> that both sides have lawyered up and discreet negotiations are underway. And I think the split over the coronation may be a sign of that. That the wow. Duchess of the Duchess, of the fact is not. Before. Yeah, well, it's VT. On VT, we bring in the news first. <laughs> we're not. The, we're not. As I keep saying to my readers, uh, and I incidentally, I, I let me go on the record and say I'm very grateful to VT. Uh, you stood by. You stood by me when I was wrongfully arrested. I'm very grateful to Gordon Duff and. Uh, everybody at VT, uh, you've treated me very well over the years, and you never interfere with my stuff, which is great. Sometimes it's controversial, but if you tell the truth, you're going to be controversial. I'm afraid well, got, that's you why can't we're tell the truth. You know, we're, we're open that's voice, why, open source. You know, well, exactly. You you can't tell the truth and not be controversial. I'm afraid. That's um, right. So I, I'd hate to write for some rubbish journal like the Washington Post or the uh, the New York Times, uh, you know, where the journalistic standards are so low they just make stuff up. Right uh, yeah
0: so we have very high
1: we have very high journalistic standards, and we scoop we have on several occasions like the Russian rebels not having the arming codes on m h seventeen therefore not being responsible for the shootdown by definition since they couldn 't fire the missile right. uh, and on v x the bX the nerve agent used uh, to poison the Skripals in Salisbury in two thousand and eighteen v t led the world i mean th- these were major scoops now they weren 't given. The publicity they deserved because the mainstream media were too nervous of the truth or didn't like the truth and therefore suppressed it. But VT deserves credit for scooping the world. So, this is possibly another world scoop for VT. Uh, There are whispers, I say, I put it no higher than that, Johnny. There are whispers of a divorce. There are rumors of both parties lawyering up and there are rumors of uh, discussions between lawyers. Uh, the the word I'm getting, so it may be wrong, uh, but the intelligence that I have at the moment, which has to be kept under revision, like all intelligence, is that these are very amicable discussions. Uh, that there would be a generous financial settlement on the Duchess, uh, so there should be, uh, but the children would have to live in England. I, I don't think it's constitutionally correct to have children who are still quite close to the throne Mm -hmm. uh, living in the United States. I think the children would have to come back to England and it then follows that if there's a say, if, it's an if, this is not right, this is, is, it may not happen, the fact that lawyers are talking, they may stop talking, Uh, but if the rumors are true, if there is a divorce, I think the children would have to live in England, the king would be insistent on that and it would be a diplomatic incident if an American judge were to deny them you know if the american judge would to grant custody to the duchess that would create a diplomatic incident that would create a huge row between britain and america um the it would be almost a judicial kidnap of royal prince right. and princess um the, the the children will be treated properly as they should be and given the, their due as uh, a prince and princess of the blood royal uh, and there will be very generous access arrangements absolutely, there'd be no question it would obviously be wrong uh, for the children not to for the mother not to have access to the children and vice versa for the children not to have access to the mother Uh, Harry is a humane man, so is the king, deeply humane man, so is the queen in fact, uh, deeply humane woman and uh, I don't think anybody with a brain and the royal family are not stupid nobody with a brain is going to, to want to block very gen- uh, very generous access for the Duchess uh, to of her children. They are her children, and she is their mother.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, uh, well, on that note, let's, we're going to figure that out soon, right? We're going to find out soon. That note, well, I we'll wanna, see. I want to segue right now because uh, before I let you go, I want to get your thoughts on what's happening in Sudan right now because yes. it, it's, it's, it's live, it's, it's moving fast. Uh, tell me what you know.
1: Right. It looks as though the RSF rebels are backed by Russia. And uh, it looks as though we've got some involvement by the Wagner Group. And that suggests to me that the president is being backed by Germany. It's a little bit like the Ukraine, Johnny. It's, uh, where you've got a civil war like this, you, you've got uh, there are states behind each party, just as the Germans were behind the South in the American Civil War, uh, mm-hmm. which wouldn't have happened without the, the promise of Prussian backing. Uh, it was Prussia then rather than Germany. Uh, but obviously there's continuity, particularly in intelligence between Prussia and Germany. Uh, the uh, I believe the rebels are backed by Russia and the government are backed by Germany. But uh, this is deep. Uh, the rebels are the russians are being reluctant to supply arms indeed uh, as people will see in my column which goes up i say i've written it i've edited it but uh, i've still got to uh, uh, upload the photographs and uh, select the photos and so on Uh, Mm -hmm. as people will see in my column uh, we were actually sounded out very informally as to whether we could supply guns, at like Shrimpton and Associates, um, to which we politely, <laughs> politely declined. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rebels are not actually very nice people. Um, they're, they've come out of the Janjuweed militia who are responsible for the genocide in Darfur. As I've said in my column, it was only a small genocide, but nevertheless, it was a genocide. Um, right. They're not particularly nice people. They're not the sort of people we'd want to give guns to. And in any event, I have to operate within the law, as you all all y'all will understand. And I can't just go getting involved in arms deals um, unless the British government have signed off on it. In practice, I would consult MI6. And if they said, fine, you go ahead, then we're okay, as long as there's an end-user certificate. um, Supplying arms to a rebel group becomes hugely, hugely problematic because they can't supply an end-user certificate uh but anyway we've said no so we're not worried about the legalities of that we're not we're just not getting involved uh but that suggests to me that they are a bit short of guns and ammunition Mm -hmm. uh and also suggests to me that the russians are staying officially the russians are staying well out of it and they do not want to have their fingerprints over arms and munition supplies that suggests to me that the rebels are going to lose, uh, because if they don't have supply to, if they don't have an adequate ammunition supply, and as you know, Johnny, a lot of the problem is not the guns, it's the ammunition, because <laughs> they, right. they're firing off a lot of rounds at the moment. Uh, uh, if they can't get access to ammunition, then they're in, uh, they're deep in the doo doo. Right. Uh, watch the South Sudan. That would be my advice. Uh, the South Sudanese are very nice people. Uh, and uh, they're quite close to the west, and uh, it's more Christian and animist in in South Sudan, and they may well intervene, uh, but keep an eye on which side, on whose side they will be intervening. My guess is that probably the government rather than the rebels, and the South Sudanese could cross the frontier, and if they did, they would probably make rapid advances. I'm not saying they will get involved. I don't think they will get involved, but I would certainly be keeping – well, I am keeping a close eye on them. I'm sure Mo6 are. Uh, I, I would recommend viewers keep a close eye on what the boys in Juba are doing. Juba is the capital, of course, of uh, South Sudan. Britain. We in Britain know the Sudan very well. We used to run it the right. anglo-egyptian sudan and when we ran it there was nobody needed to be evacuated the place was properly run uh, right. it had the it had the be- it had the benefit johnny of british rule uh, right. it was actually jointly it wasn't a, co- a british colony as such it was called the anglo-egyptian sudan because sovereignty was shared between his imperial majesty the king emperor in london and the Khedive of egypt in cairo so uh, the, the, the sovereignty was shared. Of course, you go all the way back to General Gordon, who the rebels in that case were backed by the Germans. The Germans have a long, long history of involvement in the Sudan, going back to the Mad Mahdi. And there was another Mahdi later on. It was even madder than the first one. Uh, officially, I mean, in Britain, we call him the Mad Mahdi. Uh, the, the, the Sudanese have another name for him. Uh, and he was an absolute crackpot. If he was around today, Johnny, he'd be believing in global warming. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) he was a complete he was a complete nutter Uh, and he was responsible for the murder of uh, poor old general gordon who was sold down the river by gladstone uh william gladstone who was a german asset Mm -hmm. and was involved i talked about the the crippen case earlier well gladstone was involved in another famous criminal episode uh jack the ripper there was no Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper was a group, as I explained in my book Spy Hunter. Jack the Ripper was, in fact, not an individual, but a group, uh, including a German military surgeon uh, reporting to the head of German, uh, head of the German secret service in the German embassy in London. If you think about it, Johnny, it had to be a group because these women weren't actually tied up. So how do you disembowel somebody if they're not tied up? People, women, I, I. I you obviously don't get involved in disemboweling people, Johnny, but you right. can imagine that if, if, if you're being disemboweled, you're going to make a complaint. If you're going to say, stop sticking that knife into me, why are you taking up my kidney and stop? Uh, put my liver back? Uh, you're mm-hmm. going to get very upset and you are going to try and stop it. But there were very little sign of a struggle, no sign of a ligature, and no noise. No, nobody came to help the women, poor women. Um, that's because there were no screams. That's because At least three people were involved. One was doing the cutting, one was holding their arms, and one was gagging them. There had to be at least a minimum of three on each of the murders. And the the women were being murdered to stop them shopping Gladstone, who was a predatory sexual offender of the worst sort. Uh, He was a sexual aggressor and had been responsible, we think, for the deaths of a number of prostitutes through violent sexual intercourse, mm-hmm. in other words, he mm-hmm. left them bleeding and, le- and and they bled out. Uh, I don't want to go into details and distress your readers yeah. unnecessarily or the listeners. Even on uncensored
0: uh, VT, we got to be calm. <laughs> e-
1: e- exactly, but uh, uh, he was a sexual predator of the worst sort, Gladstone, and uh, at least one prostitute had gone to the, the Times, not realizing that the editor of the Times was also a German spy, uh, and. The Home Secretary was told, Gladstone was told, the German intelligence were told, tipped off by the time. So the, the German intelligence came up with the idea of brutally and gruesomely murdering uh, prostitutes in East London in order to stop them shopping Gladstone. Uh, and it worked. Uh, uh, Gladstone was never exposed as a sexual predator during his lifetime. Indeed, he wasn't exposed really until I wrote my book, not exposed publicly. -hmm. There were severe doubts at the time. Officially, Gladstone was taking a kindly interest in the prostitutes of East London. Well, you know, when a politician, when a senior politician is walking the streets taking alleged uh, taking an interest in prostitutes, it's not normally for their welfare, Johnny. I mean, that that doesn't happen in London any more than it happens in Washington.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Right. On that note, I want to ask you one more question before I let you go. I know you wrote an article, the dodgy uh, arrest warrant, I believe it was, about Putin. Has he been arrested yet?
1: Uh, sorry. The uh, no, that was the dodgy arrest warrant was. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. There there were two. There was the dodgy yes. arrest warrant about Trump, and yes. the dodgy arrest warrant. No, he has not been arrested. He's not going to be arrested either. Uh, <laughs> Putin, it, 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 he's a head of state of Russia. Uh, nobody is going to be lunatic enough to go around arresting him. And if they if they do, they'll they might find themselves being invaded. <laughs> it's a, it would be an act, it would be an act of war, Johnny. Uh, al- yeah. Also. Uh, it would be an act of insanity, apart from anything else. Uh, no, that that ICC warrant, the uh, the international arrest warrant, is not worth the paper it's printed on. It's a complete joke, and I, as I pointed out in the article, it's a very dangerous development because Russia is not a state party to the Statute of Rome setting up the International Criminal Court. So uh, uh, the ICC had absolutely no business whatsoever uh, in. Uh, issuing an arrest warrant against a head of state, putting to one side very serious legal and factual arguments about the legality of uh, the Russian move against the Ukraine, which I have argued in VT since the beginning was to forestall a Ukrainian offensive against the Donbas Republics. And their status in international law is, uh, at the very least, Johnny, in a gray area, I think Mm -hmm. they were probably sovereign at the time. And I have experience as a judge of declaring a state to be sovereign. I was the only judge in the world, as far as I know, because nobody else told me of another example. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was the only judge in the world to hold that Somaliland, which is what used to be British Somaliland in the north of Somalia, was a sovereign state prior to diplomatic recognition. I didn't get hung up on the lack of diplomatic recognition, because that's only one of the tests. You can be a sovereign state and not be recognized. If all, every state in the world backed out of diplomatic recognition of Taiwan, mm-hmm. that wouldn't affect her status as a sovereign state. So diplomatic recognition is uh, its almost a consequence of sovereignty. Uh, it's Uh, a very unreliable predictor of sovereignty, and it is certainly not required as a matter of public international law. And I went into the international law uh, with the assistance of counsel. I went into the international law uh, or the it might have been a solicitor, I can't remember, but the, I had the Home Office there, I had the appellant there down in Cardiff, and I was asked to decide whether Somaliland was a state, and I looked at it very closely and looked at the law and said, right, applied the law to the facts, which is what I used to do as a judge, and I didn't make it up as I went along, like the Supreme Court or the Court of Appeal, uh, and I said, right, it meets the requirements for a sovereign state. And I think the Donbass republics probably did Prior to diplomatic recognition, now they've got diplomatic recognition. The case that they are sovereign is uh, even stronger. So I I don't. I'm not a a Russia basher. I'm not a Russia phobe. Uh, Mm -hmm. I admire President Putin. I always have done, and I'm certainly not prepared to accuse him of things he hasn't done. Right. Where is this going now? uh, Was this
0: 2023? Where are we going now at
1: the end of the year? Chinese peace deal. Chinese peace deal. It'll be the Chinese peace deal. Uh, the Chinese, I mean, Xi Jinping is a dictator, and I have no, he, he doesn't like me, and I don't like him. But mm. uh, the Chinese are still very upset with me for calling out their involvement in the shoot-down of MH370 and MH17. In fact, I prompted mm. the Chinese Air Force to fly around the Indian Ocean dropping bits of aeroplane. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which they, they got, they would have. I said in my column on VT at the time, would have helped, boys, if you'd got the right aeroplane. They were actually dropping 747 bits, pretending they were <laughs> 777 bits, <laughs> you know. If you're going to drop bits around the Indian Ocean, at least make sure they got the, they get the right plane. Eventually, right. they got the right plane and started dropping 777 bits uh, in Reunion and elsewhere. Uh, but they started off dropping 747 bits out the back of Chinese Air Force Incredible. Uh, cargo planes flying out of Indonesia. Uh, so the China, Peking does not like me. I do not like the boys in Peking. I, uh, it's known that I'm close to the boys in Taipei. At least I... I have been invited to uh, diplomatic receptions. Uh, the Taiwanese uh, uh, representative office in England, uh, I wouldn't get the Chinese embassy ever inviting me to drinks. And if they did, I wouldn't go because they'd probably poison them. Right. Uh, the, the The Chinese, to give them their due, have recognized that the situation in Ukraine is a stalemate, that mm-hmm. Russia cannot win and nor can Ukraine, even with NATO's backing. And that if the war goes on for another six months, all that's going to happen is a lot of people are going to die. Tens of thousands of people are going to die. The Ukrainian economy will suffer. The world economy will suffer. Uh, the third world, in particular, is going to suffer because of uh, increased grain prices, shortage of grain, shortage of oil. I mean, right. they're, 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 the third world is paying the real price for the war, uh, aside from Ukraine and Russia. Uh, there is no point to continuing this conflict it will have to be settled and it can only be settled on the basis of russia retaining sovereignty over those parts of what used to be ukraine that she has very properly annexed so those those the, the bits that are now part of russia have gone boys so the, to the boys in kyiv i'm afraid they're going to have to make some concessions and it will they will the have Biden to make them big, accept that no, well, the Biden administration are pretty much beholden to the boys in Peking, a because Biden was on their payroll before he became president. B because Hunter Biden, who who is in fact channeling money to the old man, Hunter Biden, the Chinese have got quite a lot on Hunter, uh, as have the boys in Kiev. Uh, the Chinese have got a hold over Biden and Hunter Biden, but they've also got a hold on you guys over the uh, T bills uh china holds a lot of t-bills as uh, somebody explained to me in the treasury department on the treasury secretary's corridor i might add uh, Mm -hmm. a very nice man uh explained to me uh the problems america has in standing up to china because of the amount of american debt held by peking Uh, in practice the biden administration will back gracefully away from the ukraine I think if Joe Biden was given a choice, he would rather back away in 2025 after the election and would be happy to sacrifice 100,000 lives. Uh, the boys in Kiev need to ask themselves the question, do we want to throw away the lives of 50,000 or 100,000 of our citizens um, uh, and carry on the war for no purpose? Because however long the war carries on, John, uh, Johnny, Uh, it it ain't going to make much of a difference on the ground. Uh, The the actual terms of the peace settlement, put it this way, a peace settlement this time next year, April 2024, is going to look pretty much like a peace settlement that would be achievable now. And the Ukrainians are not going to get any better deal in 12 months' time than they would now. So my advice to the boys in Kiev would be uh, stop messing around uh, and uh, start talking to Moscow. Uh, the Chinese will undoubtedly play a major role. I think in brokering the peace. Uh, London's out because the prime minister's an idiot. The foreign secretary's an idiot. No offense intended. And, <laughs> uh, and the cabinet, the cabinet secretary's backing Ukraine. So the British right. government ca- cannot play. Would not be accepted as honest brokers by right. the Russians, and rightly so. The British government has compromised itself anyway by making all sorts of silly accusations against Russia. Salisbury poisoning and so on. Um, <clears throat> so the British, the, we're out. Uh, I have offered my services as a back channel. Uh, everybody knows that I'm available. Um, I am in discreet contact with the boys in Kiev. I am in discreet contact. It's well known. Uh, I have uh, contacts in Moscow and have been in the past invited into well, the president's administration, popularly known as the Kremlin, although the actual office I went into was an intelligence office uh, outside the Kremlin walls. Uh, it was Felix Dzinsky's old office. It's still got a bust of Felix up in the corner. Very, very, uh, very great honor to be invited into the Felix's old office. Uh, he was a character. Uh, well, let's, Germans, hope,
0: let's hope that uh, good people get on the table and settle this thing for the sake of humanity. Uh, that's yes. the most important thing. If we're not yeah, going to get a better deal, it. let's let's end it now. You know.
1: Yeah, let's settle. Let's 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 have some peace. Let's give peace. In the words of the song, let's give peace a chance.
0: Absolutely. On that note, let's end it. We're, our hour is over. I want to thank that's you, ready. Michael Shumpton, for being the first time on VT Radio. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Your your insight is outstanding. Your analysis okay. is fantastic. Um, and of course all the breaking news, uh, immeasurable, uh, look, it's going to be an awesome coronation. Uh, it's right now it's Mexico right now. It's uh, 12 noon here, almost tea time. So I'll be having tea time with my VT cup. It's available online you, if anybody
1: wants to buy I it like out there. I like the VT Cup. Ah, oh, right. Yeah,
0: yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think, VT, I, I think go.
1: I'll have to buy. I've just bought a Coronation Cup today, so I'll have to. I'll, buy, I'll buy a VT Cup next week.
0: Thank you. And to all our all our VT listeners out there, uh, if you like the show, please support us. Buy us a cup of coffee. Uh, it's on the internet. Uh, it's uh, buymeacupofcoffee.com slash VT Media. You can donate a one-time donation or join us for a, a membership, $8 a month. That would really help pay for our servers. As you know, everything's uncensored. We get very little advertising dollars from anybody because we are banned by the majors uh because we do uncensored stuff they don't like that they want antiseptic stuff you know we're not good mm. for that so so any way you can support us we have to pay for the servers and all this stuff that you see that's happening right now so please help us out if you can i'd appreciate it and uh michael shrimpton let's have you on again next next uh in a couple weeks or so after the coronation yep. to see what happens um, is that okay be bit, bit of to do yeah, thank okay. you okay i bid you adieu.
1: if you enjoyed
0: this presentation hit the like button now Also, share it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.